0: He could write it as well. It was a heady experience to be a part of such a phenomenal growth. Phenomenal to me, at least. I was used to months, sometimes years, of struggle before a child could acquire what Bobby learned in a few weeks' time. It was not that I was doing anything so special. I was teaching the way I always had, moving slowly, sequentially, making sure each session ended with success. It was Bobby who was taking off, all by himself, and I was so caught up in the delight of his learning that I could hardly contain myself. Working with Bobby was my first experience with a child with learning disabilities, although I did not know it then. Soon a friend asked if I would help Nancy, and someone else sent Henry, and Henry's mom referred Peter. And then a teacher who was also a friend sent me Maggie, and without knowing it, she changed the course of my life. Maggie was small, with a narrow little face and brown curly hair. She was a quiet, intense little girl, not especially pretty, except when unexpectedly something she had been working on long and hard became clear to her. Then her face lit up, and for a minute or two, Maggie was beautiful. Maggie never complained, although sometimes her stomach ached before a test. She just kept on working diligently, both in and out of school. She kept an alphabetical notebook of all her spelling words, She wrote multiplication facts in toothpaste on her bathroom mirror until she knew them all by heart. She refused a gift of a digital clock, determined to learn to tell time the usual way. Maggie put in a lot more effort than most ten-year-olds, and still she struggled. Why? What was wrong with Maggie? Her mother said she thought maybe Maggie had a learning disability, and brought me an article from a magazine. Now, besides the escalating pleasure of being able to help these children, There was also a little tick of recognition. Unable to spell correctly. Tick. Unable to tell time. Tick. Enormous difficulty putting a simple puzzle together. Tick. 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 That was Maggie. That was also me. In kindergarten, the school nurse discovered I had almost no vision in my right eye. I was immediately taken to New York City to Dr. Sternhow who had me look at his pencil, follow his flashlight, turn knobs to try and make things meet. I was given reading glasses, a black patch, a coloring book, and weekly remedial sessions. It did not seem serious. In fact, my mother and father seemed almost relieved. No wonder she's never been able to catch a ball, they said to each other, smiling at me. But despite the glasses and remedial sessions, I still couldn't skip or sing on key or remember a new phone number, or make my letters the right way. As I got older, I was conscious of mixing up my left and right, and was not able to set the table correctly unless I stood directly in front of each place and pointed my watch, which I knew I wore in my left hand, toward the spot where the fork should go. I was never sure in which direction to deal cards, and I had to work excruciatingly hard to learn the new steps at dancing school, practicing alone in my bedroom at night, saying everything out loud to myself in order to get it in the proper sequence. I was never a very good speller, and handwriting and artwork were a struggle. As a young adult, I knew and tried to cover up the fact that I couldn't tell east from west or read a map. Even before and after were difficult, and I had tremendous trouble learning to tell time. Even now, I say, it's about ten to two, not sure whether it's actually twelve or eight minutes before the hour. I was lucky. I grew up in the safest of worlds, in a home full of love, warmth, good food, enough money, and tender care. I went to a school in the same town year after year, where there were small classes, good teachers, and loyal friends who picked me for teams despite my strikeout potential. So I was spared the loneliness and feeling of inadequacy that haunt the lives of so many learning disabled children. My language center was not affected. I could read, my grades were good, so I didn't have to deal with terms like stupid and idiot. Hard as it was, I'm sure it would have been harder still for both my parents and myself if I had had to struggle in school. Then, as now, academic success and intelligence were considered synonymous. Instead, I simply, though painfully, thought of myself as a klutz. Still, I know what it's like, at least to a small degree, this feeling that the world is a little out of whack slightly askew, and then one terrifying day, you wake up and wonder if maybe...